a great success is basically a bunch of very small, unglamorous tasks that you do every day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, am I glad that you're here today with me, fist pumping, smiling, breathing, being aware that you are here at this moment, at this time, because at this moment, at this time, is all you have. It's right now. We are not promised anything else, and we need to be thankful for everything that we have and support around us, the people that we're able to surround ourselves with and everything else in this world that is so magical and so powerful. Uh, reflect on it often. Do it in the morning. Do it during your breaks. Do it in the afternoon. And, and over a certain amount of time, this will become part of your daily thinking process. And when you think about things that you're thankful for on more than just a forceful occasion, like if you if you build this into your life and your habits, like I'm thankful for that pup back there, even though he's being a maniac right now. Uh, that's Arlonius Balonius, if anybody uh, wanted to know. That is my black lab, and he is a maniac. But seriously, just be aware of where you are because it's all you have, and, and it's beautiful. And every day is a bonus round, as we heard in the very uh, second episode of The Entrepreneur Now from So Rob Miermont. Uh, go back and listen to those because they are... A little bit different than they are now. It's funny how there can be a mountain of a process to get through, but still a lot of great value in those older episodes. Today, I'm really pumped up because I don't know if you've ever heard of Bollywood, um, India's version of Hollywood, but way bigger, which I learned by talking to my guest today, or Bali X, which is this amazing like dance fitness program that has stemmed off of Bollywood. And I have... Two of the founders on today. So I have Minal and Shahil. And Minal and Shahil have gone through everything you can imagine to get to where they are. They had what they knew of as dreams. They met each other. They pushed forward. They did some exciting things that got them some publicity and kind of showed them that there might be some business opportunity here. They got on America's Got Talent. They made it to the semifinals. The process was just blistering. And we go through in this episode how they were able to take these passions for dance and fitness and these things that they didn't even know anything about. Like Shai Hill talks about his struggle to actually learn how to dance because he had no idea. And and how they've been able to transform those types of things into what they are today. How to take your ideas and your passions and turn them into a business. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be ups and downs. But it's all about persistence in team members. They get into a lot about teams and the focus they have. uh, The different stems of how important teams can be. And the vision that you have to have to get to where you want to be. It's an awesome episode. They're both incredible I'm really happy that I was able to get them on the show. Uh, so if you haven't ever heard of Bollywood or Bali X is the company, you can search locally in your area because they have these awesome instructors everywhere. You can go check the classes out. I think I'm actually going to do They told me that there's one here in Lexington. So we'll get started right now. For all the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 109. And here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity, stickity, riggity, diggity, beat. Yeah. 
Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, get on with your bad selves, yeah. They started without resources, they started without networks, they started bone diggity drive, but they didn't fold, oh no. They let nothing get in their wiggity wackity ways on their journey to create the life that they love. They took massive passion for dance and fitness, something they were just in love with, and they turned it into a massive wave of excitement, ready to send fist pumps all through this great, big, beautiful world. They've competed like champions. Even made it to the semifinals on America's Got Talent, which is pretty impressive, and now have over 300 instructors and trainees spreading the love and education of their Bollywood-inspired dance fitness program, Bali X, a skidamarinkity dinkity dink, a skidamarinkity doo-hoo. Minal and Shahil, yoo-hoo, are the entrepreneurs now. Are you ready to get stinkity stinkity rinkity dinkity funky or what? Yeah, let's do this. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an intro. That's actually one of the best intros I've ever heard. It is. It is the best. It's just funny. It's like like it really started because somebody were make was like talking about how much they hated that that style of an interview, like intro. And I was thinking in my head, like, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> uh, but look, I, I know you guys think you're pros, but obviously you haven't seen my dance moves, that's for sure. I've got <laughs> I've got a secret weapon that you don't, um, and those are some sweet, long, six-foot, pale legs that give me the advantage uh, when I do this sweet move that I call the Magnificent Cricket, and I look just like a cricket, and you might be able to incorporate that into something that you do, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you're going to have to send us a video. With Bollywood, anything flies, so (laughs) we can do that. Although we do see from your Skype picture that you have a sexy back, so I'm sure (laughs) you do those very well. <laughs> you know how many like uh you know shoulder curls and stuff I do to get that kind of a compliment? It's it's quite <laughs> and and to be honest, most of it just comes from fist pumping twenty four seven. So that's what happens. <laughs> that's what biceps. <laughs> well, first, I, so Bali Bali X is is a Bollywood inspired dance fitness program that combines like dynamic choreography with the hottest music right from around the world. That was a description that Sabrina sent me. And and I first want you to introduce yourselves and give a little rundown sort of on your backgrounds, who you are and how you met. You don't have to get like super detailed, but I know you kind of launched this idea and, and you met what undergrad at Berkeley, right? Yeah. We've known each other for a really long time, actually. Yeah. And you were kind of, hustling these practices out in parking garages and cramming everything you could into your yes, time. Yes. I saw that on the video for the, I think you it was on. See, you don't want to see my feet, bro. <laughs> yeah. We have inhaled car fumes too from practicing garages. <laughs> yeah, was, I didn't really think to that extent, but that's pretty funny. And, and I, I do want to take that and get into in depth about you know, how you made this happen. Uh, but if you can just give us that unique view on who each of you are and why you have become such champions, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, so I'll start. Uh, my name is Minal, and I grew up in Southern California where there was a pretty big Indian community. And from a very young age, I would say age like three or four, 
I grew up dancing Indian folk dances. So there'd be local community competitions and we would just compete. And it was, it was competitive, um, really fun and a great way for me to really uh, soak up the Indian culture, meet a lot of people. And as I continued to, you know, grow up in that community, I really took dance sort of to the next level in that community. So became a choreographer pretty young, around age 10, and continued to choreograph throughout high school. And then when I was in college, that's when Bollywood was actually blowing up across college campuses um, around the nation. And there was this thing called the Bollywood Dance Competition, where schools would compete against each other. You got served for Indian people. Yes, it can is. You, like, so what, what exactly, for people that don't know, can you explain what Bollywood is really quick? Yeah, sure. So Bollywood is the film industry of India. So kind of like you can look at Hollywood is the film industry here in the U.S., right? Yeah. But Bollywood is much bigger than Hollywood. It is the largest entertainment um, industry in the world. They produced more than two times the four times more than four times. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. The wow, that's crazy. films of Hollywood and not, not necessarily all of the same level of quality, <laughs> but a lot, a lot of movies yes. and they're all about 50% longer. So they're all usually three hours with an intermission and yeah. every 15 minutes they break out into song and dance and every song, basically every song or dance, communicates some aspect of the storyline so the emphasis is not so much on a specific style of movement or technique it's more on expressing something a message emotion a piece of a story way more and, creative yeah and so um you know think thriller <laughs> that yeah. almost that style of of, of dance slash storytelling and you've yeah. got thousands of these songs um you know popping up between all these movies and from that you know, the, the genre of Bollywood dance is defined. Yeah, there's three billion people in the world who are fans of Bollywood. Somehow insane. influenced or touched or reached by the, yeah. by the genre. That's yeah. Nice. So in college, that's really when uh, I went to college around 2001 to 2005. And that was really the, the beginning of the college dance um, circuit for Bollywood. And when I was in that circuit, I would compete. I was the lead dancer and choreographer of my team, and we would sweep all our national awards. So that was, you know, growing up in the Bollywood dance circuit was was really um, a defining um, part of my childhood. And then that's when Shahl comes in. So I, I had a very different story. I so I as Minal exited Berkeley. That's when I came in as a freshman, and. I grew, while I grew up very closely connected to Indian culture, it was more Indian music. Uh, I actually used to sing up until the point at which my voice cracked. And uh, that's when I pretty much stopped singing. And uh, I had never, uh, I'd never danced before either. So I pretty much had two left, left feet, a stereotypical guy that you know, shies away from dancing. Yeah. Um, I was super into sports. I played extremely competitive soccer um, and that was pretty much you know, that and take like as many advanced placement classes in high school I could possibly do, um, for the purpose of being a good Indian boy. Um, <laughs> that, that was pretty much my high school career. And when I got to college, I was like, you know what, I'm going to surprise my parents. I'm going to get even more in touch with my culture. I'm going to try this. Whole, I'm going to try out for the school dance team. And, you know, the team had won first place all over the country because Minal had put Berkeley on the map. So I was like, this seems pretty cool. I'm going to try it. 
And I was like one of the worst guys on the team. <laughs> Just barely made the team. Um, but I was, you know, this it sort of struck a chord where I was like, why is it so difficult for guys to dance? <laughs> and why is it so difficult for me to figure out how to um, overcome this inhibition? And so I became obsessed with the notion of, of really breaking that stereotype um, and sort of teaching myself how to straighten out my two left feet. And I ended up spending 95% of my, my college time um, outside of the classroom and instead sort of like in my dorm room studying YouTube videos and um, teaching myself. And eventually became captain of the team, uh, led the team to uh, sweep first place uh, across seven competitions in two years as a junior and senior. Um, you know, was very excited about sharing my knowledge and passion with others, um, teaching others you know, that, that anything's possible, that you can totally overcome your, you know, the same inhibitions that I had. Um, and then uh, the culmination of, of that for me was leading the first ever you know, South Asian dance team to the semifinals of America's Got Talent. This was back in 2009 when Slumdog Millionaire came out and everyone remembered J-Ho and dancing on a train station yes. or dancing on a train and in a train station. And, um, and that was really exciting uh, to see how um, the whole dance, the Bollywood dance phenomenon had grown from Minol's time where it was really for the first time coming out within the college circuit and then now with a movie like Slumdog Millionaire and America's Got Talent, it was being connected and plugged into Hollywood. And then if you look at the past couple of years since then, you're seeing different, you know, cross, you're seeing different cross promotion and Akon getting involved in, in Bollywood. You're seeing, you saw Lean On just came out with, Lean on, yeah, yes. yeah, super awesome song. The whole film, the whole music video looked like it was shot in India. Uh, I'm not sure if it actually was or not, but they're doing Bollywood in it. So it's, it's just an exciting, it's exciting to see how the whole wave has progressed and, um, and to kind of cut to present time, um, you know, for me, I went to business school with the notion of, you know, how do I take what I did previously with dancing and performing and, and, and make it a lot bigger? Like, how do I reach a lot more people? And in particular, how do we connect Hollywood and Bollywood? Because I grew up in America with sort of both cultures. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to do just Indian dance, but I want to find a way to share my culture and um, do it in an authentic way, but also in a very kind of modern way. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's um, when another passion of ours that, um, from a very young age, uh, which is fitness and sports. And so... Both of us grew up very active in sport. I actually was, um, I competed in synchronized swimming for 10 years. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, played water polo and swim. So grew up with team sports, realized the value of fitness uh, and, and growing up healthy, but also this idea of team and what it can do to really push you and challenge you to become the best that you can be, right? Um, Shahal, he grew up playing soccer, and that val the values that we've gotten from um, fitness and sports have, have always stayed with us, right? So what was a way that we could make Bollywood approachable to, um, you know, everyone else but the, or in addition to the Indian community, how could we spread that, um, the knowledge of Bollywood? And fitness was the way that we could make it approachable, and it was a way that we very personally connected um, with ball, with you know, uh, the two. So Bollywood became a marriage of those two passions, which was 
you know, Bali, Bali X became a marriage of those two passions, which is Bollywood dance and fitness. So how does it feel now? Like you look back and, and you see that you were able to take that gigantic place that, I mean, this, this place that you all absolutely love, right? You, you're talking about spending 90% of your time watching YouTube videos, making yourself better. And then you're seeing the outcome of like what it can be if you are able to translate it to other people. How does it feel now knowing that you've been able to successfully uh, get that rolling a little bit, knowing that it's something that you love doing every day? You all there? Yeah, yeah. We're thinking about your your question. Um, um, it's definitely surreal. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, and, and I think sometimes, oftentimes, it's hard to you get so caught up in like the day to day and pushing forward and um, you know investing like two hundred percent of your heart, mind, soul into. Um, Growing the community, um, building the vision, uh, building on the momentum that you know, we we don't take as much time to like reflect on kind of the past. We're always kind of looking forward, but mm -hmm. it's interesting, you know, reflect, you know, taking time to actually think about what we've accomplished. And you know, a, it's definitely surreal. B, it's uh, it's it's always a proud moment. Um, it, um, you know, I, I think something that's true of you know, any entrepreneur or on any entrepreneurial activity is um, you're dealing with a ton of uncertainty and you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants and um, you don't know what's going to come next. And it's when we started this, like we, we felt very strongly about the vision, but sometimes what, what you see in your head is not, does not equate to what others see or experience or there's any number of things that can, um, that can stand in the way of, of kind of achieving your vision. And, um, it's it's been amazing to see how quickly the idea spread, um, how um, how receptive people from all cultures and backgrounds have been. Um, you know, over seventy percent of our instructor community and our community of participants are non-Indian, um, and yeah. it's been very exciting to see um, just how positive of a movement it's been, how positive a reaction we've gotten, the diversity of the movement. And also to see um, <clears throat> that a hard work pays off, but also you you're, you're constantly learning. I, I I I'm sure you know Minal Minal can probably relate to the same, but I've learned more in the last you know year and a half, you know, two years working on Bali X uh, than I have you know I probably my entire professional pre professional career. It's um, incredible where this. The opportunities open up when you start to actually accept everything around you. I mean, when you do anything that is part of your passion, obviously there's always going to be a lot of doubt and, and uncertainty like you were talking about. And what I've experienced is no matter what people think around you, no matter who thinks you can or cannot do it, when you just go out there and do it and you actually practice and you focus on what you're doing and you're persistent, other people that might have been the same ones that were doubting you or the ones that thought that it wouldn't have worked out, they start to see, oh my gosh, this is possible, right? This is working for them. And they start to wonder, can it work for me? Like, can it work for me and other people that I know that have no hopes? And then they start to do it. And it's like the energy that just blows up and like spreads everywhere. And obviously, you know, with this Bali X, it's the energy is insane already, right? Like I watched some of the stuff that you all did 
Um, was it the New York Knicks cheerleaders that you guys worked with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like so cool. Like the fact that you can merge with that and, and everybody gets so into it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of these opportunities have opened up um, because also our backgrounds in business. And so, you know, both of us realize that passion can only get you so far, right? Just because you're excited about an idea doesn't mean it's going to translate into um, a business and you have to be disciplined and have an actual plan behind what you're building. Well, and at, so, what, at what point did you realize that it could, that you, did you think that this could be a business? Well, we always approached it from the very beginning as if it was going to be a business, right? It wasn't like we got into a studio and started dancing and enjoyed it and had fun. We got on the same page from the beginning. We said, let's build something, right? And it's our very first conversation was like, how do you operate as a team member? Show me the, the good, bad, and the ugly. I still remember that conversation. And it's important when you're looking at the team who you're going to be working with um, that you are on the same page. So we, we knew that um, from our own experiences starting up businesses, but also in going uh, to get our MBAs and um, having that, those same set of values and knowing that we're going to go big or go home. Um, really allowed us to discipline and uh, frame this from the point of view of a, a business plan. So um, I think having that discipline to operate the business has allowed us to really take it to the next level. And, and in this industry, um, it is very rare for people to have business backgrounds like ourselves. Shahil mentioned he went to MIT. Um, I went to Harvard Business School. And we have incredible networks, um, people that we can reach out to and ask for, um, you know, feedback, advice on our business decisions. And that's really carried us a long way. Yeah, I'll also add that um, in, in, in line with um, having a plan, um, it's also, it can't just be an idea. Um, <clears throat> ideas are very much... I would say I learned very quickly ideas are sort of dime a dozen. Um, ideas can be replicated. Um, people are thinking of the same thing. You know, probably if you come up with an idea, chances are someone somewhere else in the world is thinking about exactly the same thing. At the end of the day, it's about how are you going to execute on it and, you know, what's your core going to be? How are you going to differentiate yourself um, in, the, in the market? Um, and that was a lot of what we started with. Um, so yeah, as Minnell mentioned, it's not like we just started doing something and then realized, oh, this can be a great business. We had a strong idea and vision for what we wanted to do. Um, the other thing is it's, it's important to start with a problem. Um, and, and it's, it's even better when the problem is born out of an honest passion. So for both of us, um, problems related to wanting to be more engaged in fitness, problems related to... Um, seeing uh, obesity grow and rise rampant at an incredible, unprecedented pace around the world, um, seeing that there isn't a strong connection today between Hollywood, there isn't necessarily a strong enough connection today uh, around Hollywood and Bollywood, or we can improve that. Um, how, how can we solve problems that we see in the market or, or, or gaps that we see? How can we offer value to people and you don't need to necessarily worry too much about money and, and making a ton of money and all that. First and foremost, you need to worry about what's the problem you're solving and um, is it going to deliver value to people 
And can and then and then then you can worry about okay, well, if we're delivering value to people, how many people can we actually touch, reach, impact? And then how does that translate to a viable business model when it comes to the numbers? Um, so it's important to have a good idea about that um, before you move forward because. Again, it's, it, the value is not necessarily in the idea as much as it is in the execution piece, and you can't execute without a plan. So that, so that way, when, when you do have an idea, you can ask yourself those questions, like, do, does it meet the criteria that you're working towards? Because, I mean, what you just said was beautiful as far as you have a vision, right? And, and you know that if you have this vision and you work towards it slowly but surely, those visions, the, those things that you dream of and see, they actually start to come true and they start be, to become part of your life. And it's crazy and it's magical how it happens, but it does if you focus on it. But with the ideas, they're surrounded by resistance, exactly like you said. And we all get faced head on with resistance in the form of distractions with doubt, uh, self-doubt and doubt from peers, family, friends, and even in the form of other opportunities that want to take your focus away from that drive and, and what you're trying to accomplish. And I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I deal with resistance like crazy. It's a, it's a mean beast and he doesn't care what methods that he uses, right? He knows that he wants you to fail and it's something that never leaves. And we always have to deal with that. But for, for you all, like what are the methods? How do you, how do you trump the doubt and, and the haters and the resistance gremlins when you're, when you're trying to go through that process of uh, turning this, bulk of ideas, right? I'm not going to just put it onto one, like you said, but turning it from that first plan where you sat down and said, Hey, I want to, I want to create something out of this. We want to change, you know, we want to change the world. We want to get this to farther people. How do you, how do you do that and turn it into a business? Does that make sense? Or is that just rambling? (laughs) Yeah. I think one of the the first things you can do is surround yourself by, uh, with people who lift you and encourage you, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, and never, even if, whether or not you're an entrepreneur, you never want to surround yourself with negative people who are going to tell you, no, 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 you can't do this. Right. I think for both Shadow and myself, we have grown up in an atmosphere, um, where our support networks are extremely strong. Right. So our families have always told us, go fly, um, you know, to the stars, our, our professors have been like, we see a lot of potential in you. Go out there, create something, right? So you, there, there are so many people in this world, and if you surround yourself with people who are positive-minded, that's only going to add to your own success. Um, emulate successful people in your life. Yep, I, I add, add on to that. Um, I think it's important to have the vision that you know, you're going to fight through anything that stands in your way. You're going to overcome all the obstacles, you're not going to take no for an answer. That mindset's really important. But at the same time, it's really important to temper your own expectations. It's very easily, it's very easy for entrepreneurs to get extremely emotional about what they're doing and so invested that you get almost to a point of no return. And then when you are, you run out of runway or you, you just run into an obstacle that you cannot surpass, it takes a huge toll on people. So all along, you have to, it's very, very important to temper your expectations that from the start, the likelihood of success is small and know what risks you're taking and make sure that you're doing what makes you happy. I think that's really, really important because then even if you quote unquote lose or quote unquote don't make it, it's not lost time. It's you made a decision for yourself because you know you're doing what made you happy. You're doing something that gave you value. You learned a lot from the experience and every failure is just one step closer to 
the big win, right? And at the end of the day, if you can rationalize it in your mind as doesn't matter, it's always a win. Even when I lose, you're always going to be happy. You're going to be, um, you're going to feel good and, and confident about the decisions you make. And then from a practical or pragmatic standpoint, it's also good to know like what are your what are the signs that that you know? Hey, maybe it is time to move on or try something different. You, you, you know, you can't just be so um, gung ho about this idea that I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. You have to set your criteria. If I see these signs in the market, that means it's not working. I'm gonna try something else. And oftentimes, people either don't set those criteria up right or, or early enough. Or they set them up, but they're not disciplined about following through and actually sticking to those, and that can lead to a very um, that can lead to lead to a very risky place, um, especially when it's combined with people becoming emotional. And the last point I'd say is that um, important to surround yourself with great people, but at the same time, um, I saw this amazing TED talk. Uh, I think it was called "Dare to Disagree," and it was um, this amazing conversation about how. Um, you don't necessarily only want to surround yourself with people that are very like-minded and and are going to agree to everything you you uh, you say or you want or you do. What's been awesome about working with Minal is that we have we're we both on the same page about the vision and where we want to go, but we bring our own very unique perspectives to the table. Where we definitely dare to disagree, and out of that comes this awesome interplay where uh, where. We build off of each other's ideas. We actually help each other see when, when you know, there's signs to maybe adjust or quit on a particular way of doing something or a particular idea, and maybe adjust the approach um, into the more, you know, sort of the winning approach. And that's also a very important quality to um, to be open to, in particular as you're selecting your core team, the people that you're going to go to bat with. You don't necessarily want just every single person that brings, or you know, everyone looks like a clone. Yeah, and I think during that whole process, and you described it perfectly, but never actually used the word. I, th- I think you're building habits that are going to change everything for your future self. And all those times that you do hit those walls that you can't seem to get past, uh, those habits are going to be there and, and you're going to remember uh, how to get around them the next time. So I, I know that habits are the trigger for many successes and dreams working out. And I know that when we combine habits with persistence and vision, you know, we can accomplish magic. But so can, can you all share with us some of the small things that you do, maybe the little things that you put in place that could be tiny little daily routines. Like, I mean, for, for me, I get up in the morning and I have a whole routine that I go through, but that plays a gigantic anchor in the success of each one of my days, which each one of those days plays an anchor in the success of like an entire year. Right. So do you have anything that plays a much larger role uh, on everything that you accomplish that could be something small that you can do every day? Yeah, I think um, I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but something that I <laughs> my team is it's, it's uh, um, a, a, a great success is basically a bunch of very small, unglamorous tasks that you do every day. And, um, you know, you have to continue to motivate your team on a daily basis. And so what I like to do is celebrate the small wins. Uh, anytime that progress is made with the team, call it out and um, make people feel the, the value of accomplishment. And that's how you can continue to motivate your team in, in ways that are really real, right? So, 
that's something we do on a daily basis. Anytime anyone places an order, we ring a bell. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, we, we give each other a high five. And at the end of the day, um, we ask, what did we accomplish today? Uh, and that, that really goes a long way. Yo, 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 you guys know that I do not run sponsor roles. I do occasionally throw out a parody of a free audiobook because it's funny. You've heard Todd on talking about that. But I just want to let everybody on here listening know I did a short 27 page ebook on how to make more time for creativity. And this isn't just for creative artists or anything. Like, this is literally my life hacks to make more time for the things I love. And you can get that by going to artsynow.com forward slash time. Uh, absolutely free. So check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, you ever heard of the five minute journal? No. UJ uh, Ramdas, he's. He's an incredible dude, but there's you guys need to look this journal up. It's an amazing thing. Each one of your team members could have it, but basically it's a journal, and I did an episode with UJ, and in the morning you wake up and you answer a couple questions. So the first is, uh, what are three things that I want to accomplish today, right? And then the next, I think, is... Uh, what would what are three things that would make today great? And then you write down like two affirmations. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Three things that you're grateful for. And then what are three things that would make today great? And then you write down two affirmations. And then at the end of the night, you open it back up and reflect. And you say, what are three amazing things that happened today? And what could I have done to make today better? And that kind of thing, like that kind of reflection is crazy. And it just kind of threw a trigger in my head when you said that. Because um, as a team or in an individual on, a, on your own, like it is insanely powerful doing that, like reflecting on that every, every single day and spreading the energy and ringing bells, you know, and fist pumping and things like that too. Uh-huh. Um, like I have a side Amazon business and every time there's a sale and like it sets a cha-ching on my phone and I just, you know, start fist pumping. <laughs> and, and there was a time where like every morning I would get up and walk outside, you know, just like straight boxers and you know, gold chains or whatever I may have had on when I woke up and just scream hello world on the top of my lungs and the neighbors might think I'm nuts, but you know what? That kind of energy is is what gets people pumped up and flowing. So yeah, it's awesome. But check that journal out. I'll put a link in the show notes too. Yeah, no, that's cool. But he's got a productivity one coming out now also. And I'm really pumped about that one. It might be more more in tune to to like teamwork than the the mindful one, but they're still pretty awesome. So what what do you all think was the hardest part in the whole journey? I mean, is there anything that you tried that that you would have avoided if you were to go back and face the situation again? Like, when did you? Because I know people get to that point where they just and it's sometimes it's more than once where you just feel like you're going to break, right? You can't go any farther. Like, I'm a failure. Blah blah. <laughs> it's something that I I can go through that cycle like ten times in one day sometimes. But throughout the whole journey, if you guys can look back, what was the hardest part for you? I think um, I think one of the most challenging aspects of launching a business is getting the first adopters, like getting the first people to um, actually buy into what you're doing. Um, that's really challenging because <clears throat> people uh, at the various very earliest stage, their a your product is not fully fleshed out. Um, your vision may not even be exactly what you intended for it to be. Um, it's you know it, it's hard to to hide the uncertainty even as you're displaying your product. You don't have a fancy website. 
you don't have all the connections, um, and no one wants to be the person to sort of take a risk on on um, on your product or something that doesn't have a track record. And I think early on for us, um, we definitely experienced that, especially as it pertains to um, getting BaliX into gyms, in particular big gym chains. Um, you know, early, there's so many fitness programs out there, um, and you've got this you know small gym schedule that allows for only a small selection of classes. Um, when you compare it to the number of programs that are applying to try to get this yoga class or that dance class or that lifting class, this cycling class, um, and um, it's hard to just go in with without like a, without everything laid out and say, hey, like you should try my product or my class or my or you should try Bali X, and people want to know, well, who else has done it? And you're in this like catch twenty two. It's hard to get out of that first stage and. You know, early on, it was it was definitely discouraging to um, two things. One is, you know, hearing no, you're not ready, or you know, we're not interested at this time. Doesn't seem like you have you know a big enough group or following. Um, combined with two, again, it's sometimes it's hard. You get so emotionally invested in what you're doing that it's really hard to hear that, right? Yep. Um, and I mean, on a personal level. Yo. Hey, sorry about that. Hey, sorry about that. Was, that. that. that Let me pick up where I left off. So what I was saying was on a personal level, it's for both Minal and I, it's not um, it's not as if we we were we had nothing to lose. Like we were sacrificing a lot. Um, you know, we, we didn't we didn't have all these investors. We did it through, you know, we were flying by the seat of our pants, draining through our savings accounts. Um, we were we had uh, quit our jobs. Um, for me, I had taken a leave of absence for business school, and you know every year that I defer, it gets one step closer to something else. <laughs> and um, it's uh, it's it's definitely you know you're always anytime you're, you you get hit by a failure, it chips away at your confidence. That you know is is was this the right decision? Was this the right time? Am I in the right? Um, am I taking the right approach? What about this fallback plan that's right there that's going to solve all my problems? What about the stable path, right? And definitely early on, that was the, that was kind of the hardest challenge was dealing with sort of um, the 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 walls against the early adopters, uh, getting a lot of feedback and hearing you know us being very excited about the way we want to do something, and then hearing, hey, that sucks. Like this needs to change. That needs to change. And um, you can't, and we learned very quickly that you can't, you have to absorb and respect feedback. You have to take it, you have to iterate, you cannot get married to an idea, you cannot get, um, you can't get egotistical about an idea or a vision, and there were definite growing pains there. But as soon as we started, as soon as we broke through and had our early adopters and we started getting our first few big gyms, even just our first big gym chain on, on a, on um on our team, it was just this domino effect. And all of a sudden, we started breaking through with tons of gyms. We started getting hit up by a lot of different instructors. We had established credibility, built an identity. And now we're riding on, now we're raring on all cylinders. We're riding a fire. We're going to blow this thing up all over the world. It's going to yeah. be awesome. So, um, so I think, you know, that, that I can see, we're sort of looking at each other and thinking back to that time. And it was definitely, it's, it's definitely difficult. 
Um, but it's also important to set guardrails around it, back to the whole like tempering your expectations, like set windows of time and criteria. So we set out and we said, we're not looking at this as like a one-year project. We, we were like, let's come together for summer and let's, let's see if we can prove out X, Y, and Z things. And if that works, okay, great, let's go for another three months. And so we went for the next three months and we're like, wow, we, you know, yes, we, we didn't get as much as we wanted, but we are seeing signs, so let's set the next expectation. And for that, we set a six-month period. Then we really hit our breakthroughs, and from there, we, you know, now, now, no, now it's no longer, we're out of that phase where we're thinking about it from a time limit standpoint. We're now just, this thing is going to work. So you all play a big, uh, you play a lot into the goal setting, right? From what it sounds like, you actually look at your results and you make tweaks as needed, but you're setting goals. What do you do along the way when something doesn't go like it's supposed to? Do you, do you um, sit down and, and reflect and kind of restructure your goals or, or how do you rearrange that? Yeah, it's, it's really important at every stage of business to get feedback from every part of uh, the process, right? So we get feedback from our customers. We are constantly calling up our instructors, seeing what they think about different programs that we roll out with. Um, we're constantly working with our team, listening to their perspectives, giving them ownership and letting them sort of you know, drive the ship. Um, and we look at the data, we see, you know, how many of our instructors are teaching out there, how many locations are opening up, how many people are interacting with our website, how many people are subscribing to our, our, um, you know, learning resources. Uh, and you really start to build a trend with your business Are things on their way up. Right. So you have to be able to be disciplined with listening to um, your your customers as well as uh, the people on your team, and then take it from there. What do you, What do you think the keys are in expanding like the growth of the program? Since you all had it in baby form and and you got those first couple adopters, and then you were able to hit the domino effect, is there anything that seems to be working better as far as like? Uh, actual strategy or actions that people can implement? Like say, say there's somebody out there that has a young fitness company or they're trying to expand it. Are there any, any advice that you could give them? We stay very close to our values with our company, right? Which is, and, and we make sure that it's known to everyone who's connected to us. So here at Bali X, we're not just building a team of employees we're building a community of instructors who are empowered to go out there and what we say, unleash their inner rock star, right? Mm -hmm. So they do that with them, with themselves and, you know, how they exude their passion for fitness, but they do that with the people who come to their classes. They, um, you know, spread this message of positivity and, and active living, right? So in order to scale our community, we make it known that, you know, these values are extremely clear, that it's community first. This company is first and foremost about its people. And um, that's what we live by. Yeah, it's 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 so crazy how how things can progress if you think about it. And like these these little areas and nuggets that you plug in to, to it's almost like you don't feel like you're doing work to make it grow. But at the same time, um it becomes a part of you, right? I've noticed all these different things that I do that I would have never even thought of doing before, you know, when I was much more of a smaller size. 
that just becomes second nature and like it's just magical to see how they can happen uh, and how the, the domino effect actually occurs. How did it feel to you all when you fir- first got those adopters? Like the very first one, do you remember it like to a T? Did you fist pump and like, you know, <laughs> hug each other for like four hours? Well, it was exhilarating. So we were in Boston and we had this like half baked concept. We weren't even sure if what we were teaching was safe. Um, but I remember our first class, it was, um, you know, us as co-founders. And then there were maybe a handful of other people in the class. We actually paid people. We no, it was a it was a free class. We charged people one dollar. And the one dollar was to ensure that they were committed to coming yeah. to class. And we just taught it and stepped back to see how they would respond. And it was positive. They came out smiling and they're like, yeah, you guys are on to something. And so we decided to teach more and more classes. We would teach anywhere and, and everywhere um, that there was an opportunity to teach. And we just took it from there. So again, you know, we've always sort of been about celebrating the small wins and, and moving forward from there. Education is key, right? If you teach people, they will stay around. Yes. Yes. And that's something that's really important to how we scale our product as well. So we have a very strong training program in which we train instructors to teach the Bollywood signature workout. Right. Um, And that's a 50 minute long class in which we utilize interval training methods to, you know, have participants burn between 500 to 800 calories. And um, because our training process is so strong and, um, we teach people how to effectively teach a fitness class in a safe way. That strong training has, has translated into the program being very well received in the fitness industry. And so that's really also allowed us to scale rapidly. More comfortable for people, right? More sense of security. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. So, well, I'm, I'm just curious if, and you can both answer this separately if you want, but if you had to battle Godzilla, how do you think you'd use your creativity or your talents or your Bali X domination to defeat that big crazy bastard? That's an interesting one. <laughs> I would rally the powers of teamwork and build an army and then <coughs> we would go out there and conquer this beast together. You'd have to have a dance off. I'm guessing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shana, what would you do? Battle Godzilla. How would you do it? With the Bali X team? By yourself? By myself. You could have a team. Oh yeah. yeah There's no rules. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would definitely call on the whole community. We would just, we would get, we would get Godzilla dancing Bollywood with us. That's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. He'd be so tired he'd fall over by the end. Yeah. He could, raise, he could probably raise some money for you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like we we got a Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you all if, if you had um if you had to give up all your materialistic belongings uh, and you were only allowed to keep maybe one source of inspiration or value uh, with you sort of like your like your, your guide um, along this journey again, if you had to do it over again, what, what do you think has been like the biggest value to you? This can be a person or a book or, or, or anything. I'm just curious as to, to what could be a source of inspiration. 
so it is not not necessarily just for Bali X. You're saying on a personal level, like one piece of advice for yes. yeah, a personal person. level. I mean, for me, it's it's always been surround yourself with the people you want to emulate or people that really reflect what you want to see um, or experience in the world. Um, and like more simply stated, surround yourself with people that are as good or better than you yeah. in the in the areas that you value. And that's because that's always going to push you to um, not only improve yourself, but also whether you whether you try to see it or not, those people are going to rub off on you in so many ways. And that in my whole, my entire life has been the biggest blessing. And I felt like that's something I, I learned from my parents. They always put me in environments that challenged me. And that doesn't stop. And, and as a result or as a consequent, um, I don't feel like I've ever stopped growing. Um, I feel like Meenal's stronger and better than me. I feel like my teammates and employees are stronger and better than me. I feel like my instructors and um, you know, fellow trainees are stronger and better than me in a lot of ways. And I always look for the best in people. And you really want to surround yourself with people that can push you. Yeah, I think Shao and I have very um, similar values in that sense. Um, there's a reason why I'm working with Shahal. He's he's incredible. He may be um, crazy at times, but there's a lot of uh, really <laughs> inspiring qualities to him as well. Um, and the other thing too is um, I realize this more and more as I as I grow up and experience life, and it really is about you know you should be the one to define your own notion of what success is, right? Um, and I have realized that success to me means that I'm not going to be perfect in all areas of my life. I may fail in certain areas of my life, and that is really going to be okay, right? I'm not going to be the most social um, you know, person out there going out every, every now with my friends. Um, but if, if that's what I'm going to sacrifice... Um, I am going to be a dedicated manager and be there for my team whenever they need them. And then I'm going to be there for my family and do anything and everything for them. Um, and so, you know, I've made real choices that have um, allowed me to define success in key areas and made me accept that I'm not going to be perfect in other areas, may even be a failure. And that's fine. Yeah, I love that. You should be the one to define your own notion of what success is. Like, I mean... It's the same thing with me. And I've had friends who they, they get on you like, oh, you never come out to the bars. You never, you know, drink 24 seven anymore. You don't ever wake up face down, pants down in the bushes with us anymore. Uh, what's going on, man? You suck now. And it's like when you build that, that community of people around you who are better than you, um, that there's something that you can learn from each one of them. <laughs> it, it's really hard to explain how that can change your life, right? You, you, when you've gone through it, you understand, but uh, people don't just go from, you know, drinking every day, waking up in the bushes, pants down, face down to uh, having something awesome like, like Bali X, right? You have to put the work in. And like in the pre-chat, when we talked like there's a lot of elbow grease involved in this and it never stops. And you all said that it, it wasn't hard when you got started and it definitely isn't hard to keep going. Right. Or, I mean, it was hard when you got started and it's harder to keep going. Right. Um, sorry, not, I don't know how I got that backwards, but <laughs> if it wasn't hard, that would be awesome. 
So yeah, it's 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 incredible to, to hear that. I do think that that's that's a huge piece of advice. And uh, what was it like being on America's Got Talent? I, I just want to know. Like that's that's pretty cool. It was one of the craziest experiences of my life. For sure. <laughs> um, so let's start with the. So you all made it pretty far, right? Like semifinals. Yeah. And, so like, we I went guess. through so many rounds of auditions and. We performed in the live rounds, so they narrowed it down from like two hundred thousand. I think two hundred thousand acts auditioned, and they narrowed it down. Uh, Are to, you serious? Two hundred thousand? Yeah, two hundred thousand applicants is what I remember hearing, and then you know they narrowed it down to a couple hundred, they narrowed it down even further, and then again to forty, and then to twenty, and um, and then they picked the final ten. <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it's also just very, very insanely talented people doing amazing things from all over the country. Um, so the good, the good part of it was, um, it was a chance to share our, um, passion, culture, talents with the world. And, um, there's a lot of pressure there, but it's extremely exciting, especially for, um, for dancers who feed off of performance and, and loving that um, that sort of um, experience and, and you know vibe, um, we were extremely excited by how 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 much positivity we were received with. Um, people were very open to um, to the concept of Bollywood, and that was exciting. Um, and um, and then, of course, you know, being on TV it was like a claim to fame. So it was it was a great it was a great um, source of validation um, that hey, this is something that people really respect and, and can really dig. Um, and it's not it's not just Indian people or just you know restricted to Bollywood. This is in Hollywood and it's happening. And to be a part of that was surreal. Um, now uh, you know that then then behind the scenes you got hours and hours and hours of sitting around in holding rooms. <laughs> Taking shot after shot after shot in terms of um, you know the uh, uh, video reels and all the audio bites, sound bites. You're talking about like drinking for a second. I was like, what? No, no, no not on a podcast. <laughs> shot uh, after shot after shot. Yeah, yeah. Shot after shot. How much? How much did? How much did that help steamroll your business? Did you get a lot of publicity and stuff over that afterwards? Did you have you know the gigantic fan base right after that? Yeah, um, so that was, this was actually, this was like almost five years ago, yeah, 2009, so five, six years ago. So um, th this was, um, you know, Bali X started just a year, two years ago about. Uh, that's when we had the idea and then we've really fleshed out the business in the last year and a half. So there's a huge process in between. Yeah, and, and that's so. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and so that that um, that actually was my first um, real business um, after America's Got Talent. We had all this publicity, as you mentioned, and we got we actually had some amazing agents in New York uh, that picked us up on their artist roster. We got to perform, um, you know, uh, at amazing corporate venues across the country. Um, you know, danced with the likes of uh, Diana Ross, uh, you know, Jamie Fox. Um, Nick Cannon, Gloria Estefan, it was pretty awesome. Um, just just being able to grace the stage with these you know, icons, um, and um, that was exciting. And, and that was my first uh, experience with um, you know actually opening a company, going through all the process of making it official, you know, handling all the aspects of of an actual business. And um, it definitely would not have been. Um, 
nearly as easy or successful had it not been for the springboard that we got from America's Got Talent. And even to this day, it's amazing to look back on that experience and be able to talk about it. Um, it, it was, um, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I will always you know, cherish as one of the most um, exciting experiences that I ever had. Did you guys get to put your hands on Jamie Foxx's pecs? Uh, we did not, but he did wear one of our costumes Literally during rehearsal came over and was like, I want that shirt. It's this like shiny Bollywood disco dot shirt. And, and like our team went crazy. It was of like, of course you're like, uh, yeah, you can. Have yeah. It. He was singing that song. Oh, I'm not going to try to sing. I'll spare everyone. Uh, but basically, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And everyone's going so nuts. No one decided to take a picture. Everyone was just oh screaming gosh. up and down. So we have this like blurry, blurry old school camera phone or like phone picture. It's not not that clear, but there's proof. There's proof. It's just not. That's awesome. Not as. Uh, <laughs> I think it's almost better that you have this like blurry camera phone picture and nothing else. Yeah, kind of shows like how exciting the moment was. It was. It was crazy. It was just crazy. I mean, if you did it, if you think about it, if you did it nowadays, you would have had like 600 YouTube videos and. Oh my gosh! Yeah, around. now it's like, yeah, <laughs> you can like. Blasted out on every single yeah, lot's media. changed in that amount of time. So yeah, pretty soon you don't even need to click on your phone. You can just think it, and it'll just happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. If anybody else is listening or interested in listening to another pretty awesome story about um, kind of kickstarting a, a fitness dream, go back to episode eighty-eight with Tammy from FitSpark. Another awesome story. Um, cool. Yeah, she's pretty cool. And where can our listeners find or get in contact with with you all in Bali X and and all of the awesome videos that you have out there. Well, you can go to bollyx.com. That's B-O-L-L-Y-X.com. And for, um, I guess, many listeners, there's probably a BollyX class around them. So they should just inquire at their gym. And, yeah, and cool. So you're all, you're all over the country, right? Or like certain pockets? We're in certain pockets. We're in 20 states across the U.S., but our biggest communities are in Boston, New York, Chicago, the Bay Area, and L.A. Richmond. So can you just sign up for a class and go check it out? What was that? Can you just sign up for a class and then go check it out if you're in one of the areas? Yeah, pretty much. You can you can get involved in a number of ways. You can either check out a class. If there's something near you, you can use our website to do that. Just go to bollyx.com. Um, go to the classes section, type in your zip code, wherever you're at. And if there aren't classes near you, you can actually launch a class by contacting us. And um, there are awesome ways for you to get certified or trained up. And at this point, we've really fleshed out our product and we've proven it with lots and lots of people. So uh, the model works. And um, you know, there's other ways to get involved. You can talk to a gym um, and have them reach out. If you, know, if you don't want to teach but you have a friend that might be an instructor or a local contact at a gym, they have tons of people that can get trained. Or you can join our mailing list and we're going to be launching a DVD real, real soon. We're also um, looking into uh, opening up streaming for, for, particip- for people all over the country, later all over the world. So lots of, uh, lots of ways to get involved um, just get in touch. World domination. I love it. <laughs> I like I like that you you all actually master train people so that they can open their own in, in certain areas where it may not be because it's such a different thing, right? It's not like you're somebody's opening another yoga class. It's it's something completely different and there's probably a lot of opportunity there. So I've seen it, it looks intense. It looks like it went a hell of a workout, to be honest. 
I don't know if I survived. It is. Yeah. It is. We actually have an instructor out in Kentucky. So. Do you really? Is it Louisville? It's, uh, I believe, in Lexington. It's I'm, at, in, I'm in where, Lexington. It's where UKY is, which I want to say is near Lexington. Yeah, I'm in Lexington. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there once. I performed, I performed at UKY. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. How long ago? This was like, shoot, not even a year ago. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. But we went, out, we went out in Louisville. That's where the shots, shots, shots. <laughs> Yeah, Louisville's a little bit more fun. It's a much bigger city, and I, I'd much rather live there. But like I said, I you know bought a house in Lexington. That was a that was a, like a nice you know, neighborhood. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just not my favorite part of the country. But you know, you learn and, and live, and there's a lot of amazing things that have happened out of this area. So I, I really appreciate you all coming on. Really, like it's been it's been amazing. Obviously, you have so much to teach. I mean. We could talk forever, and, and I'm sure it would never be a dull moment. But I, I want everybody out there to go check it out. Um, they can email you or get in contact through your website if they have questions. But but look at this stuff up because I'm guessing. I mean, even for I, I'm a health fanatic. Like I love health and fitness, and yeah. because it's been able to transform my life, and I know how powerful it can be. I know you can go from feeling terrible and looking terrible and having no energy to feeling awesome and being productive and having lots of energy and it's stuff like this that helps that. So if somebody's out there wants to make a transformation, I'm sure this is a way to go with that too. Um, and live your life in such a way as if you had to live the late, if you had to live the same life all over again, I live by that. Uh, just breathe, be all in all the time. Be, be aware of the moment. Give it your all. Uh, you, you can be magical if you want to be and, and that magic rubs off on those around you. So don't forget that break the rules, but first break the rulers and Minal and Shah Hill. Thank you so much for being the archerpreneurs now. And always remember to keep it so, 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 so super funky. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Go out there. Unleash your inner rock star. We're on the same page. Yo, 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 ho! there we have it. Awesome, awesome, solid elbow grease, hard work ethic stuff right there. You can't get anywhere unless you put the, the grease in to try. You really can't. I mean, nobody just flips a switch overnight and is all of a sudden successful. I know you've heard that over and over again, but it's the truth. You know, I don't know how many days I go through and just seriously struggle. I mean, just to get through the day thinking that there's nothing that's going to work. There's nothing that's going to make it. People think I'm crazy for all these things that I try that never work out. And yeah, you know, a lot of them don't work out, but every single one of them is a building block to the next best thing that I work on. And you learn so much. And then you can take those things and teach other people. And when you start teaching other people, that's when magical things start happening. Uh, connect them and, and you're, you're adding to the energies of the world. Like it's crazy. The network that can be built the good that can be done if you stay positive, if you stay persistent, and you fist pump constantly, obviously. Uh, in the pre-roll or in, in the mid-roll, I actually talked about the free ebook I have, and we did an episode on it a while back with Kent Sanders, which is awesome, but artsynow.com forward slash time. Seriously, check that ebook out. It's not going to be available that much longer. What I'm doing is I'm actually going to turn it into a full book. I'm going to add a lot more actionable steps and some really strategy uh, some real strategy in my life uh, and, and the things that I use. So if you read through it and you have anything that you think would be a great addition to it or a different take on it or something that you do personally to make more time for yourself that isn't on there, email me at createdartsynow.com 
or shoot me a message on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong because I want to see what you all are doing because there's a good chance that I could include that into the book as well before it comes out. It'll just be an ebook on Kindle that you can download it first. Uh, but I do have big future plans for doing a lot of more writing, uh, creative writing and strategic writing to help other people. So if you want to contribute to that, definitely hit me up. Again, I hope that all of you have an incredible day. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. And remember, every day is a bonus round, so slow down and enjoy something beautiful. Word to your mother. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Arch of Her Newer Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.